Hi, and welcome to Purpose to Perform. I am Dr. Jo Brown, APA-titled sports and exercise physiotherapist, mentor, and coach. And this is a new podcast dedicated to high performance for anyone who's up for it. Driven by purpose, join me as we dive deep and explore what it takes to be a high performer, integrate and assimilate cutting-edge evidence, learn from experienced experts in all aspects of high performance and ultimately inspire your journey into performance. Whether you are an athlete, coach or allied health professional, this podcast is for you. Welcome to my world. Welcome to Purpose to Perform. Let's do this. I'm Dr. Joe Brown, sports physiotherapist and performance coach. And here with me today, I have Babora Zavadova, Czech Olympic swimmer and two-time Olympian. Welcome, B. Welcome to Purpose to Perform. Thank you, Joe, for having me. So excited. I'm very excited. I, and she's always <laughs> excited. And, you know, I'm like so passionate about sharing athlete stories and I feel like everyone's got something to learn from each different athlete story. And I think your story is quite interesting, obviously being a Czech swimmer and finding yourself here in Australia in the lead up to the Tokyo now 2021 Olympics. Firstly, how did you end up on the Sunshine Coast, B? <laughs> well, Australia has been always my dream. The like maybe since I was 14, 15, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think I like this country. I like these people. And when I started seeing Australian team at uh, swimming competition, like mm-hmm. World Champs or something, I'm like, And yeah, they were winning. They were winning. <laughs> and they're always so positive and smiling, you know. So I'm like, oh, I think I want to go there. But it's a big move for me or it would be a big move to move mm-hmm. when I was 15. So I slowly, I changed city. I moved from my hometown to Prague, which is our capital city. And after... Rio Olympics, I decided I want a big change in my life. And my coach at that time, he was a big fan of Australia. He was mm-hmm. in the Australian Coaches Association or something. And he's like, you should go there. And I started talking with coaches. Uh, I did three months trial in Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky to meet one coach uh, who recommended me to go to Sunshine Coast. So in September... 2017 I moved to Sunshine Coast and I've been here since then and I guess there's like pros and cons of any decision you make so I guess firstly what do you see as been the benefits for you in your swimming career moving to Australia well it's definitely different swimming different training Australia loves swimming and for me who loves the sport who loves swimming it's great to see how things could work like mm-hmm. so many olympians they're just trying to be uh or like they fighting for their sports and it's a very competitive uh area yeah so it makes them better because it's so competitive exactly yeah. in czech republic we've got just few swimmers and we're not aiming for medals we're aiming for finals so for me it was definitely different environment training mm-hmm. environment different uh coaches different people so i could I could start from the beginning and I found that spark again, mm-hmm. which I was losing a bit back in Czech Republic because it was still the same. So tell me about that spark because that's a really important thing to talk about because so many athletes, I think, lose that spark, but they don't know what it actually is. Do you know what yours is? I know. I got to enjoy the movement, that swimming, that like being in the water. The, mm-hmm. That, yeah, it, sometimes it's hard to dive in, but when you're there, you're actually enjoying that. And I was losing that in back in Czech Republic, back in Europe, which is normal because we've been doing this sport. Or I've been doing that for so many years. 
still the same thing, wake up early in the morning, go to the pool, be wet, <laughs> get these laps done. So that spark is kind of like that passion, right? Passion. Like that flow. I call it that I'm, I'm in a zone. Like mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking about while you're swimming? I'm like, about nothing. I'm thinking about swimming because I love it. And it's it's my happy place probably. So that spark, be there and not being said, not thinking about anything else. That's the spark. Because when I was in Czech Republic, I started thinking about how I hate this movement, how mm-hmm. I want to be at home. I want to be with my friends. I want to be there, there. But when I've got that spark, I don't think about anything else. Just- and I, I think the thing about swimming is it's so you're so isolated, really, like in the pool going back and forth in your own head all the time. It's not really a social sport either. <laughs> it's not. So you're going to be actually there. But you need your team. I'm I always said, yeah, it's individual sport, but you need your teammates at some point. You don't need them maybe all the time, but you wouldn't be doing the sport if you didn't know, oh, yeah, I will see my friends or there will be some people around. So it's individual. You've got to be in your head. You've got to have right mindset, mm-hmm. but the team is very important, which I've been lucky to have really good teammates all my life probably. <laughs> have you found that the team dynamics and the structure of how it works here in Australia is different to the Czech Republic or just more people? It's definitely different. First of all, in Queensland, you can train outside. Woo! And like, I'm telling you, it's different to train outside on the sun than training indoor in winter in Czech Republic where it's like grey and it's not nice. But the people, as I said in the beginning, they are more competitive, so it's really nice. But also you leave the sport behind the gate. So you walk in, yeah, it's all about swimming, but when you leave, you can talk and you can do different stuff, which is different than Czech Republic. How is that different? You can, you enjoy your life a bit more outside swimming. In Czech Republic, it was more just sheltered or very focused on the results. Mm -hmm. So I was pushed to think about swimming 24-7 and he's more like, oh, you can go surfing, you can go to the beach, just kind of relax. That's and so interesting. So maybe it sounds like you've kind of got like more of a work-life balance, so to speak. Yeah, yeah it's like that life balance exactly. So you're like, yeah, you've got to give 100% or 120% in the pool, but then go out, like have life so you can be excited to come back to the pool which maybe because I was young, I was 20, back in Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and I was in my peak. So it kind of didn't feel like. It's just um, each country is different. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to compare, but then I stopped because it's just you can't compare little Czech Republic with no ocean, no beaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely different lifestyle. Different yeah. lifestyle. So I guess like that's like there's so many benefits for you, but I guess the downside and what I think having this conversation is how um, right now, obviously, you're here in Australia and your family, I'm guessing, is all still in the Czech Republic? Yes, they are. They're all there. So I moved to Australia by myself. I've had them before. Or like my family, they've been here just to visit for a couple of weeks last year. Oh, it's been a while 2019. Now. Yeah, 2019. So it's been a while now. So they've been here. They understand why I want to stay or that's why I want to live here. But for sure, I miss them because I can't just decide, oh, I want to see them next week and I would go for a long weekend or a little getaway. It's just, it's hard. With and COVID, without COVID, it's 25 yeah. hours flight. I'm guessing if COVID hadn't been a thing, you would have gone and seen them and probably competed in Europe, right? Yeah, so it can be hard. This is like the biggest 
come about moving to Australia. I left all my friends, family back in Czech, but my motivation is that I want to settle home in Australia. So my sisters play yeah. me another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and also like the language barrier in the beginning was hard for me mm-hmm. because I've never been anywhere abroad where I had to speak. no so that was very challenging for me speak just in English and have no Czech people who I can talk with around so if I wanted to catch up or like go for coffee with my friends or someone it was all in English but you had to learn fast right well I had no other option with my friends <laughs> <laughs> she's a social girl so. yeah and they say oh, you're so bubbly I'm like am I bubbly I don't know I think you're bubbly I'm just I'm just London <laughs> so if you were still in Czech Republic right now in the lead up to Tokyo would you be able to train right now like what's it been like for say your friends and other athletes you know training in Europe over the last kind of year yeah so what I know they are not anymore they were in a bubble so they were able to train Mm -hmm. but they had to look for places so they couldn't train in Czech Republic they had oh so they had to travel they had to travel and they like it's funny because I've I haven't had any tests, any COVID tests yet. Mm-hmm. And they they are tested three times a week at least. Oh, wow. So every second day. It's crazy. So they had to travel. They went to different places like Uzbekistan and all this, like Ukraine, you know, these weird places. But the pools were open so they could go there. Could find and they lived in the bubble. They literally lived for so many months, just pool, home. Or and that just camp. sounds like what you're saying before is like in the Czech Republic, everything's about swimming. And so they were just 100% swimming in the bubble yeah. and having no other life. Yeah, no other life. So it was understandable. But... I don't know if it will be for me. It's like, you know, like. But you, you've been so influenced now by Australian culture and stuff, right? So you would see through it if someone said that's what you had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have no other option, you know, and they were lucky that they could do it. So I feel like it was better motivation for them. Or oh, thanks to swimming, I can travel. I can do my own stuff because mm-hmm. like not many people know, but Czech Republic was in lockdown for almost more than 150 days. Oh, wow. So And in the winter cold months as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't fun like Christmas and everything they couldn't see visit their family in like small countries Czech Republic is and yeah they just left so this Monday so half yeah in the middle of May they could finally go to shops and I saw some videos they were running so yeah sports or swimming at least they were lucky that they your sister was traveling too right yeah my sister is in junior swimming team and she could travel yeah so she wasn't at home at all my mom was how old is she she's 15 now wow and was just traveling to go swimming. Yeah, she had like, I was like, I've never been so many training camps as you. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, I guess. just doing what they have to do, right? Yeah. At least they could do the sports because they had like online studying, online school. There was nothing that they could see their friends, which I think is very important for young people. So I think they appreciate the sport even more, or like being an athlete that they can, can do and can visit or see their friends. Yeah, so powerful. And I guess we're sitting here, it's like, I don't know how many days is it now out to Tokyo, 60-something, yeah, something like that. So how's, like, your preparation going and how do you qualify? Like, for you being in Australia, can you qualify here in Australia? What's the? Yeah, so um, I can. I can mm-hmm. just, I have to find a competition which is uh, International Federation Improves, mm-hmm. which is usually the big competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to Australian Olympic trials next month mm-hmm. as there is some B finals, so I can make B final. Mm-hmm. 
for sure not A final. So just to clarify, she can't make an A final yeah. as an international. international. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good that it, if there's more than 24 swimmers, I can make the final. So yeah, that's cool. We're aiming for that because if I left Australia for European champs, which is going right, which is happening right now, or for some comp, I won't be able to, to get back here and train and finish your lead in. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I had to decide. I had to make a decision and I decided that I want to stay in Australia because I put some hard work to settle down and I'm 28. So mm. it was hard decision, but it was very challenging. Oh, it's been a very challenging year as well. And I think, you know, like COVID has just made us all look at things quite differently and there's, Almost, I like. I believe there's going to be, you know, pre-COVID and post-COVID, and I don't think we're going to be heading back to normal inverted commas life anytime soon. So I think making decisions on how the world stands rather than what you hope it to be is pretty important right now. It is. It definitely is something pre-pandemic and after. Mm-hmm. Nothing will be same. And you ask like, how was the prep? And I, when I speak with all the swimmers, all the athletes. It's been the longest Olympic year <laughs> what we could imagine. It's a five-year cycle instead oh. of a four just drags it out so much. And you just don't realise in the beginning because it's just like, oh, that's just five months. I can do it. But then it's a big pressure. And it's just, it got me in December, January. It was like, oh, yeah, like last year I was fine in June or July. And then it came to December I'm like, oh, it's still six more months and still I'm not moving anywhere and I could be done. And it's like, even you're trying not to think about that, it, it keeps coming back because. And I think so many athletes have hit that different wall at, diff- you know, that wall at different times. And I've talked to athletes from, you know, different sports and different countries and they're all saying a similar thing at some point. And at the moment, to my knowledge, they're all, you know, still on track, but it's it's been a challenge so different to any other and, you know, sort of to a certain extent, I think the people that are going to podium in Tokyo aren't necessarily going to be the people that may on paper be the quickest or fastest, but it's the people that, you know, have survived this <laughs> Olympic year that's dragged on for two. Yeah. Um, the most you know, resistant. Yeah, athletes. like the yeah. resilience, resistance you know, resistance. and the resourcefulness to be able to adapt and change, change your, the way you think and the way you train. Yeah, that's really yeah, huge. No, like heads down before this at least because it's it's been long year. And if you make the Olympics, because Olympic Games are triple everyone or at least, and you make it and then you actually and you make some results. Oh wow, like good on ya. So that's leading into my next question. So as a you know, you've been to the Olympics before and there's something special about being an Olympian and you know, so many Olympians have the Olympic ring tattoo. What does the Olympics mean to you? For me, it's a celebration. Celebration of sport, of what a human can achieve. And also it's a celebration of kind of peace. Because it's like mm. it's sport should be, uh, or like athletes should be idle for everyone. For young people, we shouldn't have like influence, social media influences as our idol. And we want to be like that. You want to be like the fastest man in the world you want to be like the mm-hmm. guy who can charm i love the that i love that and i think this is why we all come together every four years we can exchange uh, our ideas or <coughs> our journey you said in the beginning that you love sharing stories of athletes because athletes got story to tell 
they're mm-hmm. gonna overcome things they're gonna experience the challenge and triumph and highs and yeah. lows and and the reason I love sharing the mic with Sharon today is like you said like you hit a wall but people on the outside don't always see those walls and I think being brave enough and honest enough to share them you know allows others to realize they're not alone yeah and it's super important and I think you know COVID has definitely isolated people in so many ways because we hadn't been able to physically be in touch with each other as much but also like relying on that social media as a form of influence and you know I think like you said Olympics just stands for so many things like to me the Olympics stands for peace and unity yeah and a chance for us all to stand back and stand together you know yeah, as a celebration of yeah, what human can achieve, like that we and we can all come together in a peace. Like you can talk with person from I don't know what country, mm. sharing your journey and learn or listen. Just listen. Sometimes you just need to listen. And I just think you know the Olympic Village and you know the Olympic Dining Hall. I know you've been in the Olympic Dining Hall, and it's there's no other restaurant on earth the same. There's you know where people from every country in the world sit shoulder to shoulder in peace um and that's special that's so special that's why this year will be different and that was leading straight into my next question <laughs> like looking ahead and you know with the moment it's going ahead but I just it's going to be so different like how do you think it's actually you know for you going forward and potentially going to the Olympics how do you feel about going um given how different it's going to be I don't know I'm actually confused like because it's a dining hall, and then I've heard that you got to wear a mask and you can't talk in dining hall. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've heard of that it might be like cornered off in terms of countries. Only yeah. certain countries can interact. It's going to be bubble in a bubble. Or like it's going to be bubbles in a bubble. So it won't be Olympic. So for me, it's very, it's it's going to be different. So I'm lucky that I could experience Olympic games as they were. I actually feel sorry or sad for people who's going to maybe first and only Olympics, what they're going to experience because it's, I don't know, maybe it will be different. Who knows what rules going to be there, but what, what they said, because they're going to follow very strict restrictions and rules. Let's just hope the Olympic spirit kind of, you know, conquers all and it's still got a great feeling to it despite the masks. I'm a little bit worried, to be honest, but hopefully not. Like what's brain of us? Who knows? Like should we can't plan anything? <laughs> but yeah, and I guess it changes the motivation too, right? Like the the work ethic and everything, kind of knowing it's not going to be the same. Like yeah, you want to go there because yeah. And for me, who's been there, it's just hard to imagine mask in the dining hall. Don't talk. Don't meet other athletes. I'm not saying that this is the main part, but it's for me, it's the best experience from Olympic Games. It's this one. Yeah, it's like a whole experience. Sharing, and yeah. I remember people t- telling me before I went to a game that it would change me, and it does. Yeah, because games change you. you don't, like, we've got world champs every second year. Athletics, they've got world champs as well. And then it comes to Olympics, and everyone knows you. Everyone recognizes you. Mm-hmm. You've been there. You can, and that's the difference, because it's something different. And I don't think that this Olympic Games will be different than world champs. For, it won't it will feel no different yeah. to the world champs and that's the yeah, so much money so much effort like it's a big name it's a very very expensive brand as well mm-hmm. and i think there will be some 
Yeah, it won't be the same, probably. But maybe not. I can be wrong. I wish I was wrong right now. <laughs> so you mentioned before that you're hoping that you can make a life in Australia and stay in Australia mm-hmm. post-Olympics. And it's really interesting because I, I love like caring athletes' plans as they get kind of, you know, you know that your career is not going to go on forever. And So do you have a plan of how you can stay in Australia? or? Well, COVID's a told me that I can't have a plan so I don't have perfect (laughs) but I've got my little steps what I would love to achieve or like like you know building something slowly so yeah I'm I'm became Pilates instructor because I think yeah Australia loves Pilates or like it's a big deal here Mm. and I I think it's very helpful for everyone. I found it so helpful for me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, that's my big passion. Awesome. Like, not just swimming, like, but this one. So maybe this way also, I would love to stay in swimming industry because mm-hmm. I'm not over So it. work with swimmers doing Pilates? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, um, I, I think I can help. Music <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. awesome. I just yeah. couldn't keep it up. It was just, yeah. Lots yeah. of time consuming. It is, but for me, like I gotta start somewhere because you said that what's the cons and pros in coming yeah. Australia? Mm-hmm. And the thing is that I had to start from zero. So you've got some name back in Czech Republic because it's a small country, you've got some success mm-hmm. in swimming. But coming to Australia, I had almost nothing. Like I had something, a little bit, but you gotta create your own social circle again. But that teaches you so much. Mm. I just think going and living in a different country to where you've been brought up is one of the best things you can do. And, yeah, I've got a confidence right now that I can go anywhere in the world and I can start exactly. again. And it's it's pretty good feeling that, you know, that you can yeah. rely on yourself. Super cool. But, yeah, I'm happy in Australia right now, so I'm not moving anywhere. <laughs> so hopefully. <laughs> we will see, you know. Hopefully. Australian government doesn't make it easy. <laughs> no, no. I know a few people going through it at the moment, but don't make it easy, especially post-COVID. Oh, yeah, but I need people. <laughs> From here, I just want to talk about what is high performance to you. So this is the Purpose to Perform podcast, so we're talking about high performance. When I say what is high performance, what comes to mind? High performance is work as as hard as you can every day you can't look back you can't look what you did yesterday because it's mm. already you already forgot so high performance be there work your ass off i'm sorry that i gotta say it like that oh good <laughs> so being consistent consistent definitely consistent. and being in the moment yeah but i i think that all high performance athletes they are very humble because mm-hmm. they know that to achieve big results you can't just stay in bed you can't be lazy mm-hmm. you gotta be proactive you gotta do something what not not anyone would do and yeah um, it's 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 the extra you know the one percent as i call it when you you know you get out of bed when someone else wouldn't or you do that extra lap because you missed one earlier or you yeah you know do that gym session because you ate the pizza on the weekend whatever it is yeah. like it's special people do special things yeah you're totally gonna do something extra to be something extra so i've been like that all my life pretty mm-hmm. much because i grew up in a little hometown or like little Village. swimming club yeah. and it's like i had no one to train with so what i had to do i had to imagine my competitors from other countries so my imagination was bugging hard oh, just wow. to see them a little bit in front so i could 
chase them. So you use visualization from mm. a really young age. Yeah, because it's just that's, that's what I had to be. If I I didn't want to settle down for, I don't know, yeah, being best in my region. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be better and better. And they were laughing at me. They were like, you're training so hard. You're training too hard. And in my mind, I was like, no, I'm just training what I want to do. Like, it feels good. It feels right. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. And yeah, I was, I had my results, good results since very young age. So mm-hmm. it was all worth it. <laughs> yeah, I say high performance is a way of life. It is. It's definitely the way of life. And you gotta you gotta put everything in. There's nothing nothing worse. If you don't put everything in, you don't get high performance results. So who has been who or what has been your biggest influence in your career, you think? Well, definitely my parents, but in different way than some some people can imagine. Mm-hmm. My parents, they've never pushed me into anything. They mm-hmm. let it they let me decide. They were like, Do you wanna do it? Or do you want to do something else? And I could make a decision, which it's a bit pressure mm-hmm. since very young age. Like when I was 14, I had no idea what I want to do. But it kind of gave me that confidence that, oh, swimming is the way what I want to do. Or like this is the way of life, what I, I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. And also I think all my coaches, they've been big influence on me. Because when I've got a coach, i got to trust him. Mm-hmm. And when I trust him, I do everything what he wants me to do, which is good or bad thing, but I need to create a trust. And when there's a trust, it influences your life. And so for me, even like I'm 28, I'm still going to do what my coach is going to tell me because mm. it's he knows me the best. So I think, yeah, my coaches and my parents, they've been always the biggest influence. And because I always choose my coach who serves me, so it's mm-hmm. like, and that's you know, super important. Yeah, the connection between like the coach and the swimmer or like the athlete is very important. And I think like you've touched on something really important there is the trust, but also that feeling of being like the at the the coach sorry actually cares about their athlete, like their feeling of care and and it sounds stupid, but nurture is like super important in the growth and development of an athlete. Exactly, because you spend so much time with them, spend ups and downs and yeah, you, you want to know that someone cares, that someone, you're not just someone, just some random person that you actually, yeah, yeah, he he's there for you. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're going to put everything in. That's what sometimes, that's why you need a coach because sometimes you just don't want to do it, but you've got someone who's looking at you and you know that he cares. Mm-hmm. So do it for him. Yeah. And they're kind of depending on you because they're, they're all in. So you have to be too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. all circle. It's all connected, but it's very important. Mm-hmm. So listening to you speak, um, you sound very similar to a lot of the other high-performance athletes I've talked to in your mindset and the way you look at things and, you know, high-performance, high-performers, I should say, in my experience, have this absolute clarity about everything they do, who they want to interact with, when, why, how, there's intent with everything they do. How do you think that mindset has acted, impacted your career? I think the mindset impacted my career a lot in a good way and bad way. Mm-hmm. so when I remember my best years because I'm not an athlete who had maybe five years of really good results I'm like up and down like uh, my journey was it's very a journey. early it's a journey but when I'm on when I'm like in the dry mindset zone it's very easy to say no to distractions so mm-hmm. it's like you are yeah you are 
in a zone, you are flow. Yeah, like swimming is everything what, what matters. But there is definitely, because it's, especially swimming, it's love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. And I've had that so many times. It is. And when you, for example, after Rio, when I, I was in a hole for a couple of months and I didn't realize in the beginning, I was like, yeah, just do whatever. But I didn't care about swimming. And after six months, uh, six weeks back in training, I just realized that I hate the sport. And I, just, I was just crying and I left the training in the middle. I'm like, I, I need a break. And that's um, that's the way where you don't want to you don't want to experience that. You don't want to be there mm. for longer. How do you get yourself out of that? You're gonna realize what what matters. Yeah, like what gives you. So I've been always good with swimming. Can get me further. Swimming is something what I know the best. You know, mm. it's my skill. It's something what I I enjoy every day. Even I hate it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I love it more than I hate it. Mm-hmm. And also all these um, things when I'm missing, I know that I will get it eventually, you know, like holidays, <laughs> I don't know, parties, um, going, uh, I don't know, little spontaneous getaways, what mm-hmm. other people can do and they don't realize they can do it, but at least they can't because I was just talking with some uh, about our structure, about our routine. So in September or when our season starts, we get a 12-month plan and mm-hmm. we know exactly when we've got a day off, which yeah. is kind of crazy yeah hard to deal with but well then in a way if you think about people working in jobs sometimes like they can't get away either so yeah I guess if you think about it like and sport can you can have friends everywhere in the world so mm-hmm. it's been always this pros but always over the cons that's why I could keep my mindset up and focused I've never been really I want to quit. That's why I'm, I'm 28 and I'm still doing it. And you're still loving it. And yeah, I found another spark. I I always can find the good stuff about swimming. Even like I know I'm moving in my life. Mm. I know that swimming still is going to be a big part of it because it gave me so much. It gave me the work ethic. It gave me friends all around the world. I could move countries. I could find another mm-hmm. beautiful country. It gave me... It gave me a feeling that I can overcome even like the biggest loves in my life. And also it gave me big excitement when you swim your personal best or you achieve what you always wanted to achieve. It's just, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the highs are really high and the lows are really low. But in the life it's, of an athlete. it's a big experience and it's so good. So the mindset, yeah, like I've been working, like I love all this mindset stuff as well, like being positive, mm. you know, changing your uh, negative thoughts into positive thoughts, mm. but all come from the, that you're doing something what you love and mm. that's what I'm doing. And I think just owning what you're feeling is so important too. It is. It is. You, yeah, you can't be ashamed of feelings. Like you feel low, okay, say it. Like, yeah, I hate you. Like, I don't like what you're doing. And you're out of it and next day is better. <laughs> exactly. Let it go. <laughs> all right. Three words to describe you as an athlete. Um, this could be good. It is. <laughs> it's hard to describe yourself, but I, as an athlete, I think I'm humble. I think I'm hardworking, but I'm also kind, like in a way that I appreciate my teammates. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that I know I, I'm not alone, that it's not just me having the results. It's the team. It's the coach. So I'm just training. I definitely go with the kind. <laughs> She's the only athlete that's ever brought me breakfast and coffee like randomly on a Thursday when she didn't even have an appointment. So definitely kind and humble, I think, too. Yeah. And hardworking. You've just talked about yeah. hard work. So I think it's going to be every high performance or every athlete should be hardworking. If you're not, you're just lazy. 
Okay. So what does a little voice in your head say to you on a hard training day? Uh, you got it. You you got it. And this is this is where you shine. <laughs> Way you in the hole. Get out. Get up, get going. <laughs> yes. And on competition day? This is it. Um, yeah, probably the same. Just let's go. Let's do it. But it's going to be this fake, let's do it. It's going to be that fire mm-hmm. in you. And, like, and you got to be connected to that spark. Yeah. It's just like, don't move anything else. Just let's do it now. <laughs> awesome. So last question, if there was one piece of advice or a legacy you could leave on this earth or for athletes, young athletes out there, some advice, what would you, what would you leave or give advice? Like when you've gone, what do you want people to remember you? or four uh you are your own universe it's more like you've got everyone's got different journey mm-hmm. and just because your journey is not the same or not as easy as others it doesn't mean that you can't achieve more mm-hmm. than other people it's just you can create your own journey as you like it mm-hmm. and some people don't but just be happy and stay stay there Mm. just stay on your journey and follow your dreams follow your dreams yeah. that's all what you need to like do. what i hear from everything you're saying is just keep loving what you do yeah. and you know you're on the right path yeah because when you love what you're doing everything makes sense mm-hmm. and even it doesn't fall maybe a little bit a little while it will eventually so just don't don't fake don't be fake be be yourself be authentic, be authentic exactly yeah that's why they've been always what I've been doing I've never been uh someone who follow like follows the rules yeah sure mm-hmm. but can I go your own way mm-hmm. and it's it's you and it's better because people love you who you are and if they don't they don't like you they like what they think you are and yeah you want this and it's not a real relationship <laughs> so be real <laughs> thank you so much B. that's such great advice and I think um yeah, we can all take lots of tidbits from what you said today. So thanks for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much. Before I go, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to a podcast and give it a rating. That way you won't miss out on the next episode. If you have feedback or an idea for our podcast, you can contact us at purpose, the number two, perform on Insta or Facebook or email purpose, the number two, perform at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Remember, performance is not a passive experience. This podcast is produced by the Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Thanks for listening.